Hey, we want to make a quick announcement about our membership classes coming up. I'm good. I've been coming to this church for a long time. I'm already a member. Are you? Yes, I am. Ask me anything about the church and I will tell you anything you want to know. Okay. Um, help me understand why we do what we do, meaning help me understand our mission statement per se. We go out there in the world to do good in the world because too much is given. You know, much power comes great responsibility. That's the backbone of what we do, what we do. So and then we do that on mission trips, no. so to speak. You just quoted Spider-Man, and you have no idea what I you're do, talking about. I do, I do, I do know. I think we should just pretend. I think everybody out there sitting there, you don't need to be a member, just no, pretend. Uh, no, 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 listen. You can't pretend. You think you can pretend to be a part of a, a wonderful church body and just not participate in it or know why they do what they do? You lost me. Okay, let me try it this way. Okay, if you lived in a garage, would that make you a car? No one would make me a car. Vroom. No one would make vroom, me a car. Vroom. It wouldn't make me a car. Okay, okay, I get. Okay, I get your analogy. Okay, just stop it. Okay, you're not my dad. Get off my back. I'm going to the class. You're not my dad. Join us for membership classes. Vroom vroom. Stop. You don't get to do that. You got to do it. I'm a member. Well, good morning. <clears throat> it's it's been great to worship with you this morning. Thank you, Brett and worship team, for leading us in worship. My name is Gary. It, uh, it's good to be with you. If you're new here, I want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being our guest. I hope you find that this, this church is a warm and welcoming place and people. Um, that video was meant to be funny. I'm glad that you chuckled a little bit. Uh, but it's also to let you know we do have a membership class coming up uh, on February 5th, right after church. Uh, and I'll mention more about that uh, before we leave this morning. Kids, it's, it's always good to see y'all here. There's a whole mess of you. Uh, it's good to be in a church with kids. Uh, many of y'all are learning in kids' church the answer to this question. Can God be trusted? What do you think? Are you paying attention to the answers? Yeah, you got your hand. What do you think? No? What? Yes? He does always tell the truth. Yes. Well, you guys are paying attention. Yeah. Yes? Well, good. Well, there's more answers to that question this morning, I think. So you guys are dismissed to go on up to the lobby, to the lobby then to go on up to our kids' church. Um, well, I wasn't expecting answers out loud this morning. That was fun. It is good to be with a church that has fun Fun kids uh, here for sure. Um, kids' church is for kids uh, in kindergarten through sixth grade, uh, and they'll be dismissed to the lobby after church. our church service is over. So we're continuing our series this morning in our biblical church uh, sermon series where I'm leading us through seven different biblical purposes of the church. And by that, seven different biblical purposes of the Christian. Christians are the church. You and I are the church. This building is where we meet, but we are the church. And as the church, we're exploring what the Bible has to say about what we should do together, collectively. We're seeing that, I hope, that what the Bible says to the church, the Bible is saying to the Christian in a similar way. Now, these seven purposes that we're going through in this sermon series are probably not a complete list of all the church should be about, but they are foundational. 
They are what we are, we are to build our foundation on, uh, especially as we look toward the future uh, later this year. I want to give you a map. So in your notes, there's a map of our journey so far. I want to give you some time to pull that out, and we're gonna, we'll, we'll have these up on the screen too, and we'll be a little slow so you can write all this down. But, but a couple of weeks ago, we started this series realizing that we're created to worship. We're created to worship. And then last week, we understood that we're gathered to fellowship. Gathered to fellowship. And this morning, we're going to see that we're joined in membership. Then coming up, we'll discover that we're commanded to discipleship and equipped for ministry, empowered for evangelism, and finally we're connected in prayer. And we'll leave this up on the screen so that you can fill in those blanks. But as you look at this map, I want you to see the progression of commitment that I'm laying out in this sermon series. Now, it's somewhat debatable on the order, but I've chosen this order because as I've been around the church and I've seen Christians, I have sensed that this is the way that most Christians normally develop in their faith, in the, in the, in the way they express their faith, with the exception of the last one, prayer. Prayer arguably can be put anywhere in this order. Prayer is something that the Christian, uh, no matter where they are in their growth to become more like Jesus, can and should always grow in. But we'll get to that in a few weeks. But looking at this map, where do you see yourself in your expression of your faith? If you were to self-diagnose where you might lie on this map, uh, again, we've discussed worship and fellowship so far. This morning we're going to handle the membership topic if you can't place yourself on the map just yet because we haven't hit all these targets, that's okay. But by the end of our time in this series, you will be able to place yourself somewhere on this map. Now, wherever you end up finding yourself, there's no shame. And there's no reason to boast. All these places are good places to be at. Um, even though, I mean, I'm, I'm saying there's a, there's a starting place, not necessarily any place, but but they build on each other. And so to be in one place is, is good. Every one of these stops are great places to be at. And as you grow and ex in and express your faith, this is the journey you should take. As a Christian, if you're asking yourself, what should I do? How should I grow? These seven stops on this map are ways to map out your course of how you should grow. This is the journey you should take. Uh, there's one more thing that be before we dive into this topic of church membership, is that when you um, visit one of these journeys, you never really leave it. And so as we've discussed membership, you don't leave member, or as worship, you don't leave worship and start fellowship. As you start growing in fellowship, you're still expressing yourself through worship. And as you progress in, in your, the expression of your faith, you may find from time to time that you need to go back and explore something that you've already explored in the past and redevelop that again that's okay there's no there's no shame in that there's no there's no boasting in that as well next week uh, we'll discuss this in much greater detail but this week let's let's see what the bible says about being joined together in church membership open up with me to your bible 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, so as he chose. If all were a single member, there would be no there would be where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our un Presentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no, no division in the body, but the same members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this truth of this body language found in 1 Corinthians that speaks of your local church. Lord, I pray that this morning we would explore that in greater detail. If you would help us see the importance of being joined in membership to each other, to this body this group of Christians. Help us to see that truth in your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what do you think? Is church membership important? Does it really matter to formally belong to a local church body? What are your thoughts? Are there any benefits to joining a church through membership? Is there any real difference of being a committed, regular attender than just being a member of a church? For those of y'all who may be watching online, isn't it just good enough to watch and be connected that way? These are real questions that we should ask and consider as we explore the importance of church membership. Have you ever struggled with understanding the value of church membership? Can I be honest with you this morning? I have. I have often personally struggled with the need to join a church and be a member of it. Now, let me be clear. I've always been a member of the church I attended. Even when I wasn't on staff, I've always joined the church 
as a member, and I've sat through several church membership classes. I've written some. Uh, I've signed church membership covenants, and I've joyfully been active in the church that I've attended by being a member. But there was always this nagging voice in the back of my head that said, does it really matter? Do I really need to be a member of this place? Maybe you're like that. For me, church membership was always a path toward volunteering in ways that membership was required to, that, to, to volunteer. Now, when we, when we lived in Ohio, we began attending a church that I would later begin working at as a staff member, but we started attending there about eight or nine years ago, um, and we quickly jumped into the membership class because Emily and I, we wanted to serve in volunteer ministry there. Our girls were probably around four or seven at the time, and I knew that I wanted to volunteer in the kids' ministry. I've been a student pastor for 15 years at that time, and, and I'm wired to serve in a church that I belong to. And many of you are like that. Many of you are wired to be here and to serve, and, and I've been overjoyed to see so many of y'all um, desire to serve God, the community, and each other as volunteers here at White Plains. I... Um, I see that in many of you, and if that's you, if I'm describing you, you know, we're the same type of people, those who, who volunteer, and I can't imagine simply attending a church and not being a part of that ministry there. Uh, but when we started attending that church in Ohio, we joined as members because membership was required to serve in the kids' ministry and in the student ministry, much like it is here. Um, in order to serve in the kids' ministry, church membership was required, or at least being in the process of becoming a church member. So Emily and I, we joined happily. And again, it was the membership path was always a way to get into volunteering for me. Uh, but, but what about those of y'all who don't want to volunteer in kids' ministry? Is church membership important there? Um, when you in a Baptist church, and especially in a Baptist church that doesn't meet monthly and have business meetings where we get to vote on stuff, what does it mean to be a member of White Plains? If you're not interested in, in voting on a deacon every year or so, is there any real value in being a member of a church like White Plains? What do you think? Have you ever struggled with this? Full disclosure, most of the people in this room are members of White Plains, at least according to our database. Uh, we do have several faithful and active regular attenders who, for whatever reason, haven't joined this church uh, as official members. At least that's what our records show. Uh, for the few of you who are active and dedicated regular attenders, perhaps you've shared some of the same questions in your mind that I have in my mind. Is it really important to join a church? This morning, I hope to answer that question with a yes. It is important to join a church and become an official member. Even if you don't desire to serve with kids and students, and not everyone should, should serve with kids and students, it's okay not to serve in kids' ministry. Even if you never desire to vote for a deacon, I hope to show you that while the Bible never formally instructs Christians to join a local church, I hope to show you that I believe the Bible presumes it. It may never state it, but the Bible implies formal membership in the church throughout its pages. And we get this in this body language of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's probably the clearest implied command to belong to a church. 
as a member instead of an attender. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. As you, came, as you come to faith in Jesus, you were baptized. This is the biblical order. Salvation, then baptism. There are a few things that happen at baptism. In baptism, you proclaim your faith. That is, that is the big thing about baptism. You're proclaiming your faith, but then you're also joined to the church. You proclaim your faith as you're baptized, and you're joined to the church. There's two churches you join in baptism. There is the universal church. The universal church is comprised of all gospel-believing, Jesus-following Christians, regardless of denominational differences. This means that we can and should associate and serve alongside other gospel-believing, Jesus-following Methodists, Catholics, Pentecostals, Presbyterians, other Baptists, and any other Christian church, it's okay and good for us to serve alongside them. In fact, we've had several of our church members partner with members of other denominationally different churches just last week for a Christless weekend. This also happens in the local schools in organizations like FCA. Christians belong to the universal church. And they can minister together across denominational lines. This is a good thing, serving with other churches, doing things alongside each other. But in baptism, the second church that you belong to and you're joined with is the local church. In our case, it's White Plains Baptist Church. And while it's permissible and beneficial to express your faith in the universal church, the local church is the primary place for your expression of your faith. The local church is the primary place for the expression of one's faith. In our case, those who call White Plains home and serve in FCA, or if they were in last week's Christmas weekend, um, in our case, all of those folks are actively serving and expressing their faith here in the local church. So it's a good thing. But why is the local church the primary place to express one's faith. Can't we just all be a part of FCA and be good? Why can't we just be joined to like the universal church? Why do we need to express our faith, faith locally? Can't I just believe in Jesus and have a good connection to the internet and be okay? Let's look at Hebrews to help us answer this question. Hebrews chapter 10 Verses 24 and 25 say, say this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As we have dealt with COVID as humanity, but also as a church, we were forced to go online for weeks. Like the state made us do that, right, in Kentucky. It was similar in Ohio. But for some, 
those weeks turned into months. And those months have now turned into years. It's not a new problem for the church. It's always been this way. It's, it's easy to neglect meeting together. But we must gather in person regularly. The local church is the primary group we belong with because this is where we encourage each other. This is where we stir each other up for good works. I've been a member here since March of last year, and there are some times that that feels more real than others. This morning it has felt like this is my church because I've been able to encourage others. Others have encouraged me. I've stirred up others. Others have stirred me up. That doesn't always happen, I'll be honest. Uh, but it's, it's what we do here locally as a church when we gather. We don't just come and sit and watch. We, we are to do stuff. We encourage each other. We stir each other up. This can be done in the universal church, for sure. It can be done in FCA. It can be done on other types of universal church things. But it is the local church's responsibility. The local church is responsible for this. So why? Why is it the local church responsible for our stirring each other up? The letters that were written in the New Testament, they were all written to local churches. Paul wrote to the church that met in a particular city or an area. He never wrote to a Christian organization. He always wrote to the local church. He didn't write to the universal church. He wrote to local expressions of that. Now, the universal churches, the church benefits from that. We as White Plains benefit from the letter to the Ephesians, for sure. But the letters addressed local issues, and they were written to local expressions of the church. In his study Bible, Tony Evans says it this way, and I don't know if you've listened to Tony Evans preach on uh, Christian Family Radio, but I'm not going to try to impersonate that, but I can hear him saying these words as I, as I read them to you. And if you're familiar with the way Tony speaks, maybe you can hear it too. But he says this in his study Bible, every Christian becomes a member of the universal church at salvation, but is also exhorted to become a functioning, faithful member of a biblically sound local church. The role of the local church is to exercise the, <coughs> excuse me, the authority of the kingdom in history. Last week, we looked at Peter's proclamation of Jesus being the Christ as the foundation of the church. This is an important, an important proclamation that Peter had. And it's not on your screen, but you, you can listen. Matthew 16, uh, 18 through 19 says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The local church has been given the authority of the kingdom. This has everything to do with church membership. When you follow Jesus, you're encouraged to join a local church who can watch over you, and you can serve in. The local church is to encourage and challenge you as you follow after Jesus. Your membership is for your good and the good of the church, and it's for the glory of God. Membership is often associated with ministry. 
that body language that we looked at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks of that a lot. And we'll get to that uh, in a couple weeks. But let me just introduce this idea to you that as a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted with specific gifts to build up others here in the local church. Your membership in the local church points to your ministry in the local church. As we discover how to express our membership, I'm going to be using a book to somewhat help shape these ideas. It's, it's entitled, I Am a Church Member, Discovering the Attitude that Makes the Difference. This is a book by Tom Rainer. As you can see, it's a little book. It's, it's even got big print, so it's not much of a read. Uh, I've got a few copies of this book. If you would like one, they're at the welcome desk. On your way out, feel free to grab a free copy of that book on your way out. A short little book. Uh, just grab one for your family and share it amongst yourself. And we, if we run out, uh, then we'll, keep, we'll put a sheet there and you can put your name on it. We'll get some more copies. I'm happy to get more copies and, and get them to you. Again, there's no charge for that book. Um, they're free for everyone, uh, whether you're a member or you're an attender or this is your first Sunday with us. But this book gives us three expressions or six expressions of of how to express your faith. We'll only look at three of them this morning. The majority of the people, again, in this room are members of our church, so I hope that these expressions that we look at together are helpful for you as you examine your relationship with Jesus and his church. The first expression is functional church membership. Rainer says in his book, the concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. Biblically, there's no such church member that really exists. Now, I realize that in a church this size, there are definitely spouses and adult children who might fit this idea of an inactive church member. At one time, they were actively involved in things around here, and then for whatever reason, as time has passed, they have withdrawn themselves from the fellowship of the church, and they've become inactive. Those family members who have stayed active actively connected, want nothing more than their loved ones to rejoin and reunite with the church. Now, if this describes you, know that I want for your family members to join with us too. With grace, love, and lots of listening, I will do, happily do, all that I can to help support you and encourage you and your disconnected family members to reconcile with this body of believers. You are right to want your family members to be here and rejoin with us. And no matter what has caused the disconnect, know that God is powerful, that God is strong, and he can work to reconcile, and he can work to restore. And I trust that we are a church that would gladly welcome those to return who, for whatever reason, have disconnected but as we look back to the body language of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the church is made up of many parts. Those parts are necessary for the body to function properly. You, as a member of White Plains Baptist Church, are here to be part of that ministry. The body has different parts, so we all don't do the same thing. You may do something differently than the person in your row that serves this body of believers. 
that you have a ministry to perform here. This church needs you in that ministry. Our church can only be fully healthy when we are functional church members, actively serving in our designed ministry. Tony Evans says this, Parts are formally attached for functional purposes. The hand doesn't simply hang there. It grabs stuff. The feet aren't merely attached. They move the body. The members of the body are to serve and improve the life of the body. Members of a local church are to serve God by serving the church and improving the lives of others. In turn, their own lives are improved as well. So that's functional church membership. The second blank there would be unifying church membership. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a great passage. Do you know what follows chapter 12? Chapter 13, right. That's the love chapter. We spent a lot of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 last year looking at love and what the church, how the church should express love. Love is an essential marker for the, for the church. Chapter 13 follows chapter 12. They are connected. They are related. Love is a marker for the genuine faith of the Christian and the church. John, in his gospel, says this. Jesus is speaking. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is important for the church because love leads to, it empowers, and it sustains the unity of the local church. We are saved by the same grace of God. We have the same Lord but we are different people. Sin is always around us, and we can be tempted to be divisive. The divisions can be endless, but we are to love and show patience with one another. We are to be unifying members in the local church. Tom Rainer says in that little book, you have a responsibility as a church member. You are to be a source of unity, You are never to be divisive, never to be a divisive force. You are to love your fellow church members unconditionally. And while that doesn't mean you agree with everyone all the time, it does mean you are willing to sacrifice your own preferences to keep unity in your church. So that's unifying church membership, which leads us to the last expression of the local church, of local church membership, and that is selfless, selfless church membership. Now, I've heard pastors say that the church they lead is not for everyone. I have had pastors say this, and almost with a sense of arrogance, they'll follow that up with, and we'll be happy to help someone find a church that is best suited for them. Have you heard pastors say that kind of a thing? I have heard others here actually say that this church isn't for everyone, and I don't disagree. 
But I do want to say, let's be careful in saying a statement like that. Because in saying that our church, our church isn't for everyone, are we saying that our church is only for people like us? There is real temptation for me to mean that when I say that our church isn't for everyone. There's real temptation for me to think that this church is only for people like me. I'm often tempted to claim my preferences in this church over another's preferences. Rainer says this in, this, in that little book, but the strange thing about church membership is that you actually give up your preferences when you join. Don't get me wrong. There may be much about your church that you like a lot, but you are there to meet the needs of others. You're there to serve others. You're there to give. You're there to sacrifice. Have you ever sacrificed your preference for unity and love of others here? It's difficult, isn't it? I am sure many of you have. I am sure many of you have. I don't, I don't see this church as one that fights for, different way, for their ways, their own preferences. I don't see that here. I don't, I don't see that if someone fights for their own way and they don't get it, they just pack up and leave. I don't, maybe, that was a, maybe that was like the, there was a season of that here in the past, but I don't see that here currently. But I do know that the temptation is always there. Now, what the Bible say, says to the church, the Bible says to the Christian. The two are inseparable, biblically. This book, the little book, has three other expressions, and for the sake of time, for the sake of time we were only look at, able to look at three. But on your way out, again, feel free to grab a, a copy. They're free. Um, there are several ways for you to consider God's desire for you this morning after a message on church membership. First, are you believing in Jesus and following him but haven't joined the local church in membership? There are some of you like that here. If that's you, here's your invitation. Please join us in membership. We would love for you to formally join us in membership. Second, are you a member who's setting and observing ministry? Are you sensing God's desire for you to be more functional, serving another, one another, but haven't done it yet? If that's you, this is your invitation. Please join us in ministry here. We would love to have you. Third, have you sown seeds of division in this local church? If that's you, confess that. Commit to God and this church to be a unifying church member. Finally, in a similar way, have you been a member who has fought for your own preference and threatened even to leave if you didn't get your way, regardless of the others of benefit to others? If that's you, confess that to God and give it to God. Give your preferences and commit to follow after His will. Commit to being a selfless church member. I'll invite the worship team to come back up. 
whether you need to respond, whichever way you need to respond, it's meaningless if you haven't first believed and begin following after Jesus. Perhaps you need to declare your faith in Jesus. Perhaps you need to follow after Jesus and be baptized. There are many ways for you to respond this morning after hearing a message like this with passages from Scripture talking about church membership. You may want to talk through different ways that you need to respond. That's good. That's fine. I would love to have conversations with you about what your next steps might be. God is good. He loves you. He is worthy of committing to him and to each other membership and fellowship and all these things. He is worth it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this this passage in 1 Corinthians that gives us this picture of how a body functions and we need each other to do the things you would have us to do. Lord, I pray for those who may struggle with questions that I've had. Is it really worth it? Do I really need to be a member? Lord, I pray that you would provide clarity. You are good. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your commitment to us and pray that we can be committed to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.